0: Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Comerica Ballpark in Detroit. It's the Cleveland Indians 9, the Detroit Tigers 3. The Indians get their first win of the season. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And that's right, the Indians did it. They got their first win of the season, and it felt good, right? Did you... Did you feel it? Did you feel Indians Twitter shift into the positive as the win probability for the Indians finally shifted in their direction, right? When Chang gets his hit, when Luplo gets his home run, I felt this wave of warmth, this wave of positivity wash over Indians Twitter. And it felt good. It felt good to have something to cheer for and uh, to put a W up on the board. So, let's get into it, let's break it all down, and let's talk about the storylines that took place yesterday afternoon in Detroit. Hey, I just want to say, if you're enjoying the show, please help it grow by leaving a rating and review on whatever app you are listening on, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts. We did get another review recently, and we are up to five stars, all five stars across the board, which is excellent, not every Indian's podcast on Apple Podcasts can say that. So help the show grow by letting people know what it's all about and how much we love baseball here on Cleveland Baseball Mornings. If you're listening to this show, do me a favor. Tell one friend. Tell one friend to someone at work today. Tell someone, you know, a friend when you're driving home. Tell one friend about the podcast. Let's see if we can get this thing to grow as the baseball season goes on. All right. Let's get into the game and the storylines. And the first thing, the big storyline of the day is the Indians offense finally wakes up. Eight of the nine batters in the starting lineup had a hit and all nine batters in the lineup scored a run. That's awesome. I said it on Twitter. Orange slices for everybody, right? Ah, forget orange slices. Everybody's getting taken out for pizza. Well, okay, COVID, we can't take them out for pizza. So orange slices it is. What a day. Every single batter comes around to score. That's actually, that's really impressive. I can't think of the last time I saw that. It started off a little slow, right? We were down. uh, We we actually scored first. We scored first in the the top of the first inning, which was new. We finally did something in the first inning. Detroit turns around, and they hit a two-run home run after a walk, and then a home run from Nomar Mazzara, who's hitting cleanup today. Miguel Cabrera gets the day off. And all of a sudden, we're down 2-1 instantly, and we're like, oh, son of a gun. Like, come on. Come on. Then, in the bottom of the third, Akil Badu, the new rookie for the Detroit Tigers, he hits a home run. And then we're down 3-1, and we're like, "What is what is happening? What is happening to our team? Well, they finally turn it on. They manufacture a run in the sixth, and then the seventh, it explodes. Uh, Ahmed Rosario, Josh Naylor, Yu Chang, three hits in a row, brings in two runs. Suddenly, the Indians have the lead, and suddenly the win probability is in our favor again. Then, two batters later, Jordan Luplo takes a hanging breaking ball and plants it in the seats in left field. And now now the route is on, right? Now the game is squarely in our hand. Savali had been pitching great at that point. He ends up going seven innings. Uh, in this one. And we're going to get into Savali in the pitching in a second. And then, uh, for me, adds two more with a home run in the eighth. And even Austin Hedges gets in on the act. He hits a solo home run in the ninth inning, which is incredible, right? I, I bet you there was actually a line in Vegas somewhere that thought Austin Hedges wouldn't get a hit all season. I mean, it felt that way. It felt like there was no way he was going to touch a ball, especially earlier in the game against Scooble. And uh, he ends up getting... All three home runs were all hanging breaking balls. They were all breaking balls from left-handed pitchers, middle in on right-handed batters, and they all three of them were planted in the seats out in left field, down by the left field foul pole there. So, amazing to see. I, I, Ten hits for the Indians today. Amazing to see the offense finally come awake. And yes, this is the optimist in me finally getting to celebrate, but uh, you got to admit, the offense was, it it got fun. It got fun. It started slow, just like usual, but it got fun by the end of the game. All right, so that is the first storyline. The Indians' offense is awake. Will they carry this over against Kansas City? They're coming home. Uh, Like we said on that game on on Saturday. It's actually interesting that the game on Saturday might have led into this because we talked about on the last episode the exit velocity for the Indians batters and how some things, especially Cesar Hernandez's 406 foot fly out to center field, probably is extra bases in Cleveland, if not a home run. Um, it does. I think it gets to 410 in the corner, but straight away center field is 405 in progressive field. Well, did that translate? Did that carry over to today? It actually did. Once again, the top exit velocity for batters, uh, for the top five are all Cleveland Indians. And uh, Josh Naylor, I'm guessing this was probably his double. Jose Ramirez's single was 110. Ahmed Rosario's single was 106. And Loop Lowe's homer was 105. So it's not even the home runs. It's not even all the home runs that had the top exit velocity. There was a couple of singles and line drives in there. So yeah, so the Indians actually have been hitting the ball pretty hard the last two games. Saturday, we hit it right at them. We, we had all the wrong results. Today, all the right results. So can we carry this momentum into the series in Kansas City will be the question. Can we continue to hit against Kansas City like we did today? Alright, the next storyline, uh, Aaron Savali. Aaron Savali is the next storyline in this game because if you tuned in to the first three innings, you probably thought, I don't know what Aaron Savali was working on over the offseason, but it is not working. He gives up the homer to Mazzara, he gives up the homer to Badu. And even my brother's texting me like, what, what is happening to our team? Well, Aaron Savali, it turns out. Those would be the only two hits he would give up the whole day. His final line is seven innings pitched, two hits, three earned runs, three walks, which well, walks aren't great, six strikeouts, which is pretty good for Savali, and the two home runs. 91 pitches to get through those seven innings. Remember, Bieber and Plisak both got their pitch count up there. They could not make it, uh, you know, seven innings. I think they both, actually, I could tell you exactly how many pitches they threw. Uh, Plesak got through six innings. He threw 94 pitches. And on Thursday, Bieber got through six innings as well and threw 95 pitches. So uh, the fact that Savali pitches the contact, right? He he keeps it in the zone, in theory. Keeps it in the zone, tries to keep the walks down. And uh, he's not always gunning for the strikeout. He'll take the strikeout, but he's not always gunning for it it does let him get a little deeper into games. It's That's something that's important as the season goes on. Obviously not as important in the first start, but it's going to be something we can keep our eye on. But yeah, he was not uh, getting a ton of swings and misses. Uh, we talked about the new stat, CSW. It's uh, whiffs. Well, it's called strikes plus whiffs divided by total pitches. 22% on his CSW, which... Is okay. Not great, but okay. And uh, yeah, just inducing uh, weak contact. Getting guys to pop up. Really pitching to the situations and uh, clearly keeping the Tigers hitters off balance. If they only manage those two hits, right? He makes two mistakes. They tag him for him. They tag him bad. But nobody else gets a hit for the Tigers all day. That's really... Really impressive from Aaron Savali. And his pitch mix was a lot of uh, a lot of fastballs. A lot of fastballs from Aaron Savali. Let me get back to the pitch chart here. I'm over on Baseball Savant. And he threw a lot of uh, forcing fastballs and a lot of cutters. He actually threw a lot of pitches today. He was throwing the curveball uh, into the righties, away from the lefties. He was throwing the slider to the opposite corner. So, throwing breaking balls to either side of the plate. And the, the cutter and the fastball did seem to be the pitches that he relied on the most, uh, the most today. In fact, I could tell you, he threw uh, 27 cutters, 27 four-seamers, 17 curveballs, 13 sliders, six sinkers, and a changeup. So, that was his pitch mix uh, for today. So, yeah, uh, really good Really good outing for Aaron Savali. And to tag onto that, we'll just throw onto that, also a good showing out of the bullpen. Cal Quantrill comes in, pitches one inning. He gets two strikeouts. A very nice bullpen inning for Cal Quantrill. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I know the Indians had a pretty big lead at this point, right? They're up 8-3 to three at this point. He comes in to pitch the eighth inning. And at first... uh I think check was warming up, but when Vermeer Reyes hit that home run, gave him a little more separation. Instead of going to one of his high leverage situation guys, he goes to Quantrill, who needs to get out there and get more time on the mound and get more experience at this. And uh, he pitched really well out of the pen. I got to say, he has pitched better out of the pen than he has as a starter. I know everybody thought that Quantrill was going to be the fifth starter on this team. Every prognosticator said he was going to be the fifth starter. And to be honest, he's looked a lot better pitching out of the pen. We'll see when we get a month or two into this season and we get a few more numbers under our belt. Maybe we can look at his career numbers coming out of the pen versus starting. But it's looking like a good role for him right now. And hey, if if it works, it works. I know everybody wants to be a starter. That's where the big money is. But if it's working, it's working. And then we all got to see Emmanuel Classe pitch the ninth inning. I, I I felt it, right? I even tweeted out, I felt that Classe is going to come in and pitch the ninth. Number one, because Francona was definitely trying to get everybody in the game in this first series, right? He was trying to get everybody on the field in this first series, get their feet wet, and get them ready for the long season ahead. So Classe definitely needed to get in there, even though they had the huge lead. I just wanted to see a pitch. I wanted to see it in a major league stadium and a major league game with major league radar guns. And he did not disappoint. He was lighting up that radar gun. He was coming in so hot with that cutter. He threw 11 cutters. He threw five sliders. Uh, his velocity. His average velocity was 100.5 on his cutter he topped out at 101.3 on the cutter. That was insane. I, I think uh, uh, a bunch of people were tweeting out. I think I saw it from Sarah Langs and Mandy Bell and probably Zach Miza were all tweeting out about his 100 mile per hour pitches. It's the most thrown by an Indians pitcher since they started keeping track of this stuff in like 2008. It, like, alone, he's thrown more pitches over 100. Than almost the entire Indians franchise up until this point, or since 2008, since they started keeping track. Like, he's going to clearly surpass that in a few appearances. So, yeah, so uh, it's been a long time since we've had someone that could pop the radar gun like Emmanuel Classe. I know we all thought Karen Shack threw pretty hard last season, but Classe is on a whole nother. I mean, this is a Raldis Chapman territory, right? And we've seen firsthand what a pain in the butt facing a guy like Arovis Chapman was. Well, now teams are going to have to deal with Classé in the same way. And I'm going to guess if there's a save situation against Kansas City, I'm guessing it's going to be Classé who's going to get the first call out of the bullpen. So yeah, so that's what's going on with the Indians pitching. My last storyline I had was actually sticking with the Indians pitching, I found it surprising that the Indian starters have been really up in the zone with their fastball over the first three games. I'm looking at the illustrator here on, uh, on Baseball Savant, looking at the pitch chart. And I got to be honest, a lot of Aaron Savali's uh, four-seam fastballs are up. They're up above the belt. Some of them, a lot of them are up on top of the zone. A lot of his cutters are on. There's a few cutters at the thighs. There's a handful of them at the thigh, but most of them are up above the belt around the letters. The fastballs all seem to be up. Looking back at Zach Plesac's start from uh, from Saturday, same thing. His fastballs all seem to be above the belt. He got a few down there in the zone. I know he got, I know he was painting the edges. He got a called strike on Nomar Mazzara down low. He threw a few at the knees, but for the most part, I would say. Oh, a good a good forty percent of them are at the top of the zone or higher on his four seam fastball, and another forty percent of them are kind of right around the gut, but in uh, into the righties away from the lefties. He's just not painting that edge like he normally does. So it's surprising. It seems like it felt like a higher percentage than normal. And then we go to this Shane Bieber. On Thursday, same thing. It looks like a lot of his four-seam fastballs were up. They were up and to the right uh, from the pitcher's point of view, from the batter's point of view, up and to the left. And uh, a lot, I would say almost, almost 50 60% of his four-seam fastballs are out of the zone, up into the left for the hitter. Uh, so in on a righty, away from a lefty. He's got a couple in the zone, one or two that he got down to the bottom of the zone. But it seems like the Indy, I don't know if this is just the cold weather or translating from spring training to a real game. I don't know if it's adrenaline. It definitely has felt like adrenaline in the first inning of each one of these games. But all of our top line starters seem to be missing high with their fastballs to start the season. So it's something that I've noticed I wonder uh, if they're having conversations about this, right? I wonder if Carl Willis is noticing this, and he's going to be making suggestions. Ruben Nieble is going to be making suggestions to these guys coming into their second round of starts. And we will see Shane Bieber pitch against Kansas City on Wednesday. Uh, Logan Allen is pitching. He actually is starting tomorrow against Kansas City. So that is confirmed for Logan Allen. Did they confirm Wednesday yet? Yeah, they confirmed it's going to be Bieber against Keller. So the opening day starters will be going against each other again on Wednesday. So, yeah, so that's the other storyline. Like I said, sometimes storylines aren't at bat. Sometimes storylines are a week. Sometimes they're a month, right? If a guy is having an insane... Remember when Jason Kipnis had like 50 hits in the month of May? There's a storyline that takes you the entire month. Um. So, yeah, so that's what's going on with the Indians in this game. And, man, did it feel good to get this win. Uh, A few other things that you just feel the notes that have been going on this week and things you have to pay attention to. For some reason, the Indians could not stop walking Robbie Grossman. Savali ended up walking him two more times in this game. He's the new leadoff hitter for the uh, Tigers, uh, you know, formerly from the Minnesota Twins. And, uh, oh, and the, uh, Houston Astros before that and Oakland, he he played two years in Oakland. I don't even remember that. I remember him on the twins. He apparently was on the twins for 16, 17, 18, 2019 and 2020. He was with Oakland. Now he's with Detroit. Um, yeah, he has walked eight times in his first 13 plate appearances. He doesn't have a hit yet, but he's walked eight times. That's insane. That's something. There's something in the water up there in Detroit that the Indians pitchers cannot throw a strike to Robbie Grossman. Now, the weird thing of those eight times, he's only scored once, which is really good. It's really good that uh, you're giving a guy eight free passes in a weekend and he only comes around to score once. That shows, I guess. I guess that shows how good the Indians pitchers can, you know, bear down and compete when they need to. So I don't think it'll be good to keep walking leadoff hitters. And uh, Carlos Santana is coming in for a two-game set. So we'll see how many walks he racks up against Indians pitching. But, yeah, that's just bizarre that he's walked eight times. His batting average is zero. His on-base percentage is 615. That's That's just bizarre. And then we got to give credit where credit is due. Akil Badu, the new rookie for the Tigers, gets a home run in his first plate appearance in the majors. That's pretty cool. Congratulations to him. Uh, he was a Rule Five pick uh, that the Tigers stole from the Twins. Uh, he was the third overall pick in the Rule Five draft, so he's got to stay on their uh, on their active roster. Um for the whole season. He's only 22 years old. He had never played before above high A. In fact, he didn't even play in 2020 because he ended up having Tommy John surgery halfway through 2019. Even though outfielders can get Tommy John too, you know, they can get bad elbows too. And uh, yeah, he's never played above high A and the Tigers were so you know interested in his skill set and he's known for his speed. His highest grade on the 2080 grading scale according to MLB's prospect list is uh, is 60 for the run he's a 60 grade on the run uh, 50 for the hit 50 for the field not much power 45 on power but he got one today and so yeah he's only the number 24 prospect on the uh, top 30 prospects for the Tigers but because he's a rule 5 guy just like Trevor Stefan is for us, He's going to have to be here all season, or they're going to have to offer him back or come up with a trade. So that's interesting. That is interesting. Uh, The announcers today were even making comparisons to Torrey Hunter, a young Torrey Hunter. So we'll see what... There's a lot of young guys on the Tigers, a lot of young names that could turn into stars, could... You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Some of their pitching guys I know have not worked out, but they still have some hitters that could really turn into some dangerous foes for the Cleveland Indians. All right. So it is time to name my MVP for the a day. And man, there are, there are too many people to choose from today, right? We could go with Jordan Luplo who hits the home run. Uh, actually, I'm going to pause on MVP for the day for a second. And let's talk about Jordan Luplo. Everybody was pissed on Indians Twitter about him leading off. Well, It works out, right? Terry Francona gets what he wanted. He walked once. It looked bad to start, but he ends up walking, and then he ends up hitting that home run in the seventh inning, which really saves his day, right? So he technically, he's on base twice. I guess for a home run, you you touch all the bases. You're not on base. Um, So he's on base twice. He delivers two RBIs, but it didn't feel like a leadoff hitter. It just didn't feel like a proper leadoff hitter. He still could have had that two-run home run run if he were hitting eighth above Austin Hedges. And what that does for the lineup, man, for some reason, he decided to put Ahmed Rosario sixth. He bumped Josh Naylor down to seventh, which bumped Yu Chang down to eighth. Yu Chang ends up getting stranded by Austin Hedges after he hits a two-out double. And I even tweeted out, That's unfair. That's unfair to Yu Chang that he has to bat in front of Austin Hedges. It's like all those National League guys that have to bat eighth with the pitcher behind them. It's just a bad spot for a guy to be in, right? Yu Chang, man, there's excitement there. There's potential there. I'm going to get back to Yu Chang in a second. But Jordan Luplo, even though he got a hit today and even though he was on base twice, I, I don't believe he belongs In that leadoff spot, I think Terry Francona has to have a tough conversation with Cesar Hernandez and be like, Look, we need you. You know how to get doubles. You know how to walk. You know how to get on base. You're a pro's pro when it comes to batting. We need you hitting leadoff. It gets Jose Ramirez that much closer to the top of the lineup so he gets as most at bats he can. But Rosario hit three, Reyes hit four, and so on and so on. Naylor hit five. Like, it's all fine. It's fine. Naylor had a big double today. He had a run in, a, in an RBI. let take that back. Not an RBI. Just a run score. That's right. His his double put Rosario on third. Chang got the RBI in that seventh inning. So, yeah. So, moving Lublo out of that leadoff spot, or whether it's Ben Gamble in there, I thought Ahmed Rosario would actually hit leadoff today when they announced that he was starting. He ends up starting a shortstop. So I'm surprised they hit him lower in the order uh, because they had been hitting him lead off in spring training. So I agree with you. I agree with all of you out there that neither of those center fielders should be batting lead off. Yeah, I would just bump everyone up. Just, Just do it and drop them down in the lineup where if they do hit a home run, it's a nice surprise from the bottom of the lineup, just like it was for Austin Hedges today. All right, back to MVP for the day. Jose Ramirez had two hits for the day, mm, I don't know, Aaron Safali, like we said, a fantastic pitching outing, but he did give up those two home runs, I'm giving my MVP for the day to Yu Chang, and you guys know I am like president of the Yu Chang fan club right now, I always pick a prospect, and I really lock on to him, I really want to see them succeed, And Yu Chang is my guy right now. He's absolutely my guy. And we're facing another lefty uh, today at the home opener. So I wouldn't be surprised if Yu Chang is back out there playing first base again today. He had two hits today, including the double and then the two RBI single up the middle uh, that brought in Ahmed Rosario. It brought in Josh Naylor, and it gave the Indians a lead. It gave them the 4-3 lead. It took that win probability line and put it back in the Indians' favor, So, Yu Chang, the game changing hit, gets MVP for the day. And it was great to see. All right, that does it. That is all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final from Detroit. It's the Indians nine, the Tigers three. We'll be back tomorrow for the home opener. And we'll be back to see how Logan Allen does in his first start of the season. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can now email the show at Cleveland Baseball Mornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.